Hey everybody, we're back, and this time we're going to do a, something a little bit different because this is not going to be the normal Balance Exchange podcast, even though this is sort of a Balance Exchange podcast, but we have a different topic that we're going to focus on, and we're going to keep focusing on kind of as the season goes through, and it's going to be kind of a spinoff. So uh, once again, I'm Cronus, and I'm here with... Papa Bear, as always. Uh, hey, it's me, Rasan. I don't know, man. Huge hole in my, you know... Yeah. <laughs> understanding. Just, you know, my fellow Americans. <laughs> Papa Bear here. As long as you're, whatever you're doing doesn't hurt. Rescue residents, where our vehicles and our participants have lived a life of service. It's our mission to bring them both back to life. We do not have any guests this time, but there are some other people who you'll probably see on here more regularly as we cover this topic because... Uh, it's kind of a team at this point working on what our main topic for today is, which is a new nonprofit organization uh, whose goal is to help homeless veterans. Um, you know, what was the term you used? Like uh, restore dignity yeah. and um, like get back control of their life, right? Um, and through providing them with opportunity, I would call it, uh, because it's not just providing them with a home. And that's, that's become a big part of what I've had to re-explain to people when they hear the idea at first. Um, it generally is this thought that we're going to have this thing and just give it to them. And I'm like, no, no, no. It starts with, you come to us, we start with getting you square, and then you're making this thing with us. Like, it's yeah. that's a huge part of it for me. Um, yeah, I think the, uh, you know, the overall idea, which we're going to get into in a minute, is, is uh, it's really cool. And I think it's also, like, reconnecting people with, like, you know, community. And I think that's one of the things that as we've been talking about this whole process, it's just like, I've really been recognizing like the disconnection that especially Americans have with just like overall like society, even if you're, you know, in society, you're disconnected. It's kind of weird to be alive today because we're, we're both um, super connected all the time, but also disconnected more than ever, as far as I've seen, at least in my, my time. Um, on this earth and it's it's very odd and especially if you're homeless it's even more disconnected but you're still in most people that are homeless are living in a community that is very connected but they are yeah. still disconnected and it's like where because like how many times if you live in a major urban area how many times have you drove down the street and saw like a bunch of like like a homeless encampment and just kept on driving by yeah and you just it's it's, it's i've done it i'll be honest with you i've done yeah. it many yeah. times but they're people that i mean first of all they're still people and they need help. Um, and, you know, where it comes to like, you know, me and Papa Bear, like when it comes to veterans and I, we see like this huge, like, it's, it's a sad reality for them to like give so much to their country and then they still live, you know, without a basic necessities of life, like a home. Yep. Like, how is this possible in America in, you know, 2022? This is incredible. So we got to it before we even really get through our main intro, which is, um, so shelter is right there at the bottom of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. It's already there. We're not even, we're not even into the episode and we're already talking about like, if we just handle the base as a society for each other, then we're good, but we're not doing that. Um, so, uh, let's start with, uh, what do we start with drinking or reading? I can't remember anymore. Uh, let's do drinking first and then reading. Okay. So, So what are you drinking? I'm drinking. I want to start drinking. Uh, Prairie Artisan Ales. It's called the Bomb. Whoop! Uh, this thing is it's way little, too bright. There we yeah. go. What is going on here? This is like my camera is just tripping. Anyway, it's a really good beer. It's a it's a stout. It's one of my favorites. Hmm. It's kind of expensive for like this size. Like this small bottle is like fifteen bucks, but it's really good. 
better be. Why yeah. God, that's expensive. So we're going to definitely go to the opposite end of the spectrum, uh, which is super cheap uh, and not a beer. So this is Walmart brand uh, waters, right? <laughs> so these, I'm telling you though, so I, I was super shocked when I found these this brand. So this is the Walmart mm-hmm. like store brand flavored sparkling waters. And yeah. I kind of expected these to be straight up the same as like any, like a, a what are the LaCroix? LaCroix, or yeah. Or, where it literally pretty much tastes like carbonated water, and then like someone, someone burped uh, a cherry near it somewhere at some point, you know, and yeah. barely even tastes like fruit. These things are amazing; they taste so good. It's um, this is cherry limeade that I'm drinking, and this is one of my favorites. And it honestly tastes like, like an actual, um, like a, a, a fruit soda. Like if you were nice. drinking, uh, like a, like a, I guess a a Sprite and then added cherry or grenadine to it or something. It's, it's amazing. And it's zero sugar, zero calories, zero caffeine, zero sodium. Cause um, I got like nine days to lose 20 pounds. So yeah. you had it. a heads up though. Right. I, I think part of this is like, you knew, right. And <laughs> so I've had several deadlines. Okay. <laughs> and I've, I've ignored them anyways. And, and honestly, the real, real truth is um, the deadline for weighing in for this half of the year is uh, June 31st, right? So yeah, uh, they could try April 8th all they want. I really don't have to have to because I am who I am and I do what I want. But um, it, obviously setting a goal, right, and setting an objective and one that's kind of tough to hit uh, makes it easier to be disciplined. Like I have to be super disciplined. So I maybe won't hit the 8th. But um, I'll be so close that it's like, okay, well, in two, three days, guys, I'll, I'll wait and it'll be no big deal. Yeah. I mean, you're definitely going to you're gonna suffer a little bit. To yeah. Get to that, I told but... you. Yeah. <laughs> I told you. You're gonna my suffer plan for tomorrow is uh, I have this neoprene like running suit. It's basically like a wetsuit, but it has armpit mesh and groin mesh because if those areas overheat, you can really hurt yourself. Yeah. Um, so those are the only places where any moisture gets out, which the groin one can be really embarrassing when you sweat enough like I do. Oh, and then yeah. you're still wearing your shorts and there's just this huge, looks like you beat your pants sweat mark. Same way. Yeah. Especially cause I, I wear, um, cause obviously I do a, a bunch of like Peloton bike rides, but I, I wear padded shorts cause I'm on it for like a while. Yeah. That, that pad gets like, you know, just full of sweat. So yeah, it looks like you're peeing. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, so that was gross. I anyway. guess, <laughs> yeah, it's real. It's real. You come here. This is what you come here for. It talks about our our, our ball sweat. That's yeah, what, yeah. That's what here for. So, what are you reading? Okay, um, the current book I'm reading is um, oh, it's actually really good. You probably dig it. Uh, it was recommended to me by a guy named Kelly Haycock. Uh, it's a book called Burn In. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I wanted to grab the author. Um, it's P.W. Singer, I think. Okay. Uh, it. It's not loading. You can but, hear me talking. Um, so. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Uh, so it's called burn in and it's kind of one of those near future military ones, but it's actually focused on an FBI agent. Um, and I say near future, but it's probably closer to the end of this century. Um, you know, almost all vehicles have moved over to self-driven full electric and there's like robots that do a lot of menial tasks around the house and they're starting to build some more advanced systems. And so they are experimenting with this first generation of um fully kind of like learning ai robots that are going to be 
investigators too, right? So the FBI agent, who's like the main character, mm -hmm. gets paired up because she's really well experienced. She's dealt with um, military robots when she was in the Marine Corps. It's a good and, start. Uh, yeah. So she <laughs> she she totally has a lot of experience on training the machine to learn what the mission needs to be. Yeah. And so they want her to kind of be one of the the pioneers of integrating this um, new agent basically and kind of training it. It's how it interfaces with people and how to think and how to support the agent. So they keep trying to call it her partner or whatever. And she's like, this is not my partner partner. I could just trust on its own to already do things. It is an amazing utility. It's an amazing tool. It's able to help me do a much better job at doing my job, but it's not really my partner. It's fine. If you want to pair us up so that we have that backup, but it's never going to really have my back the way another Marine or another agent would. Yeah. So that's kind of where she's at in the beginning and is starting learning about it. Um, like it's so far enough that even like lawyers have all been automated because they just know the odds of a case's outcome based on yeah. the parameters of the thing. They're like, there's no reason to even take this to court or this is what the outcome will be. And it's all just solved by algorithms. So her <laughs> husband had spent his whole life wanting to become a lawyer to, to like get it. And he was working towards partner. And then uh, he even helped train the bots that end up replacing them because he was like this good lawyer and then ends up basically not having a job because the bots took over most of the stuff. <laughs> so then, I mean, that's going to happen to it. Yeah, it's going to happen eventually. It always, so that's Sooner part of what I later. think the story is trying to teach you, teach us is that's always happened. Yeah. You know, we've always figured out new tools to take over tasks that we used to do. And then somebody loses a job and has to learn a new skill. Yeah. It's kind of how we've always done it. So he, what he does now is he's in virtual reality space and like, interfaces with people who need human interaction because they're just kind of in a isolated space on their own, usually elderly people kind of in elderly care or on their own and just kind of want to talk to a person. So he's literally just hired to, he says he does microtransaction jobs and talks to people and takes the next job. And he just does that in VR because it's few jobs that need real human interaction is yeah. a job where you need human interaction. So it's, it's pretty cool so far. I'm, I'm enjoying it. That's where I'm at. Reading. What are you reading? I'll definitely check it out. I'm reading something on the total opposite spectrum. This is going to be kind of weird. Um, it's a it's a book called Inner Engineering, and it's by Sad Guru. It's um he's a yogi guru, and honestly, like I didn't I didn't know that this book was going to be mostly on yoga, but actually, mm. I really appreciate that it is because I do yoga, but I've been kind of sleep I've been kind of slipping a bit. Uh, on doing because I usually do it at least you know three times a week, and I've been slipping to do it like because. I've been riding the bike a lot more. I, I did 500 miles this month and yeah. that's, that's like a lot for me anyway. It's a lot. Um, so that's like 45 minutes every day on a bike. And I'm like, how much more do I want to do? And I've been doing a hundred kettlebell swings a day. <clears throat> so I was kind of slacking off yoga. So I'm, I'm listening to this book. And it's just like, I didn't know that, uh, the Westernization of yoga and this, this is, this isn't the point of the book. But he's, he made like a maybe a paragraph in the in the book about talking about how the westernization of yoga is almost like it's not really the whole story of yoga. Like we just do like some of the physical stuff about yoga, but we don't focus on like the things that like all the all the movements that we're doing. Like we don't actually pay attention to like why we're doing it and like what the symbolism is for it. And then also like some of the semi mysticism with yoga and some of the spiritual aspects to it. And like reading, listening to the book, I was just like, wow, because, you know, there's times where I'm doing yoga and I like, I'll, I'll get in like this rhythm of like doing like one breath, one movement. 
And I definitely feel something there when I do that. Like I get into like a whole different headspace. And that is more of like understanding like that whole thing, whatever you want to call it, of like getting into like that spiritual area of doing yoga. And I was like, yeah, this is pretty good. Yeah. And also explain like the other versions, the other different kinds of yoga um, was like really interesting. It's basically, it's a book basically on like how to find joy within yourself and which is hard for like a lot of people, yeah. especially in our culture, you know? Yeah. It's so, like yoga is supposed to be like a physical uh, tool towards meditation, right? It's yeah. supposed to be cent- centered on the meditation part. And some people still try to, but there are a lot of people who, lose that part of it and focus on the physical effort part of it um i had i had a thought i lost it for a second yeah it was about the meditation part of it and and like oh flow so i was thinking yeah flow states a big part of it was to get into like a flow state where you've you've gone into that that rhythmic breathing and the physical motion and the meditation and then suddenly it's like two hours later and you're like i felt like i just did 10 minutes worth of this but i really relaxed your whole self and you feel so much better you've cleared yourself of you know, all the issues and like you said found joy you know you, you you realize what's more important when you spend a little bit of time like that so yeah i think there was like part of like the book like something that he said was that hit me like really hard was he was talking about like how people talk about like the past present and future but we all we're always living right now like we're never mm-hmm. you, you can't escape right now mm-hmm. and a lot of the problems that people have is that they they are stuck on different parts of life that is not right now. Like you're worried about things that are going to happen in the future, but it's not here yet because you're only right now. Or you're thinking about stuff that's in the past, but it's already happened and you can't really affect it because it's in the past and you're still just living right now. And like, I'm looking, I'm thinking about my personal life. I was like, you know what? There's like things that bother me to this day and that I might, well, I definitely have like, still like held on to it and like to my detriment and to yeah. someone else's detriment. And it's like, why am I letting that happen? And also it's like all these things that are in my head. Like these are thoughts that are, they're me, but they don't have to necessarily be like the way that I should go forward. Like having like a negative thought, like I'm making those negative thoughts up in my head. Mm-hmm. Like it's just me, but people, including me, will blame it on other things in their lives. Like, oh, it's because of my childhood or because this person did that or blah, blah, blah. It doesn't matter like what somebody else did to you. It depends. It, it What matters is like how you respond to it and like taking that responsibility within yourself and like dealing with it. I think that's way more, um, I guess, productive. So. Yeah. And I mean, there's a balance to it too, right? We can't only live in the now without some kind of plan for those future nows. Hey, yeah, like, yeah. Hey, now's going to keep coming. And if I don't have some kind of an idea of how I uh, manage that future now, but, but there's, there is very little benefit in continuing to focus on those past nows. Um, unless it's in order to make yourself better going forward. Right? Like, how do I, how do I, how, if I encountered a similar situation, how would I do that better? Or, uh, but other than that, um, thinking about those things is not, not really helpful unless it's to learn because you have to you have to learn from memory to learn yeah 100 percent. you have to learn from it but i think that's where people get stuck is that they get stuck in those i mean i'm the same way i get stuck in these like things happen to me and it's like i'm stuck there still but it's like i need to get unstuck from that yeah so with that we've done a pretty standard opening we Uh, did and hopefully like if uh people are watching this um that are 
uh, donating to rescue residents and they want to get a uh, good insight into the president and one of the board members <laughs> to rescue residents. Um, this is actually a pretty good thing because, you know, I talked about some hippie stuff cause I'm out of the Marine Corps <laughs> and Papa Bear, you know, talked about like some, some military stuff, but that's also not where our headspaces are at all the time. So, but which you're about to find out. So I guess we can segue straight into um, talking about what, what this thing is now yes. I guess, at this point. So the, the overall idea, and one of the easiest things to do would be, uh, if you can, you probably can scan this QR code if you're looking at it on uh, video on YouTube. Yes. If not... Um, can I blow you up? Let me see if I can just blow you no. up. Make me on the main. So if not, then uh, you can find us at rescue residence, all one word, dot there org. There we go. Um, and you can just like look at what we're doing there. Uh, so the overall mission set is to basically say we want to help uh, reduce the number of homeless veterans in the nation uh, by identifying those who fit well in with what our concept is. Because one of the key things that's going on within um, solving homelessness today is a shift in mindset as to what the right solution is, right? So for a long time, very cheap, um, single big room with like lots of cots almost think like um, emergency response, like evacuation space, like you just a huge tent and a bunch of beds. Like we're just trying to keep people some basic shelter, right? Um, that was still thought of as basically kind of the, the best way to handle it because you could help the most people with some kind of shelter uh, for the short term. And then it was expected then they could move forward from there. Uh, but that's been kind of disproven uh, at least in recent times where modern society, people in the modern United States and, and across the world don't respond well to that. For one, they don't feel safe inside those spaces with this shared with a whole bunch of other people, even when provided with some kind of a secure space for their stuff. So uh, some middle ground version was like you have your cot, but you also have a footlocker and a lock. So you at least kind of have some personal space, but not enough to, to feel like a real person, right? Yeah. Um, so housing first became uh, basically kind of the bumper sticker for the current mindset around how to help people get out of homelessness. I, it was, it was a John, not a John Stewart, a um, John Oliver yeah. video that we both watched, I think the same day, the day that it came out. And that was, I think, the final tipping thought in my head that made me realize this whole idea and there was a moment in this video and it's uh, john oliver last week tonight uh episode about homelessness and we had talked about it and that's why i, I think balanced exchange is the right place to do kind of the first full full description of this on the you know on the youtubes and on the internet um because we did two seasons of balanced exchange and it felt like looking back at it and I kind of want to go through every episode and find the clips where we talked about homelessness. Like almost, it felt like almost every episode it came up. And hold on real quick, just a slight pause for you. There's actually a missing episode that was my fault to where we go into like a lot of these issues in the whole episode. And I wish, I hope that hopefully we have her back on the podcast because yeah. it, I ran out of hard drive space and but we had a really good discussion because it was, there was honestly, it was one of the best balance exchanges because we had disagreements 
but we just we worked through them. It was fantastic. Yeah. We talked about homelessness, especially in the Bay Area, because she was in San Francisco, and I'm in the Bay Area as well. Yep. Yeah, it, Claire. Claire's good people, and honestly, I'm. I've started a couple of kind of just quick notes because she's very busy right now. She just started her own um, small firm. She's an architect, and uh, her and a friend who are both architects like started a small firm trying to do like Great. much smaller scale projects, but doing their own thing. So really proud of her and like excited that that's what she's doing. So I don't want to put more on her plate, but I was like, I would really love it if you wanted to work to like do a couple of um, designs for us that we could submit to the city for the building and some other things too. Yeah. We might not need to, uh, but I was mostly looking for like for that presentation I had to do to like see if she would want to do the layout, but um, it's she's really busy. <laughs> so we'll see. Uh, but it, he there, there's a point in that episode of last week tonight where one of the guys says you want to know what finally stopped this cycle of going into a shelter and then going back on the streets and and then finding a uh you know starting one part of my recovery and then ending up back on the streets and then it was it was this right here and he like holds up a set of keys it's like the only way to end homelessness is to put someone in a house and then let the other problems have time to get fixed. And so um, I've had some really hard conversations uh, recently with people because it's like, well, what do you do about people who are on drugs? Like, they're going to be a brought in, you know, and told like, look, the idea is that this is the first step for you. And that should be like finding a way to be functional and contributing and able to participate in this program is the end goal. So if that takes you a little while, that's fine. But for now, you're safe. You have a place where we're going to take care of each other and you have a shelter over your head and we have food over there and there's bathrooms and all the things that you really need. And we'll get that part done after that, you know? Yeah. I think we, we actually had a, like a little, a small conversation about, you know, housing first. I, it might've been even before that episode aired or maybe it was afterwards, but we, I remember we talked about like specifically, yeah. like, what do we do about people that are on drugs? And I was just like, I don't, I don't really care. Like me personally, because I mean, most people are on drugs anyway. Like, it just depends on what drugs you're yeah, taking. If legal. Yeah. Yeah. Either whether they're legal or illegal, but at the same time, it's like, just imagine, you know, if you're not having a home and the only place where you can get some sort of happiness is through a drug. Like, I mean, I, I, I cannot, you know, and get conscious, like talk to somebody that uses drugs to like escape reality when their reality sucks. Yeah. So, and and if their way you know, to get to escape reality is just to do drugs and, you know, so be it. But I think that a, a better way to be, hey, let's give you a better, you know, starting point to where maybe you don't need to escape reality anymore. Maybe we, we can give you a reality that is actually, you know, conducive to you living a better life. And then we'll yeah. see if you can come off drugs if you want to do that. But some people might not want to, but I think a lot of people probably would. You know, to like, hey, if I can, you know, especially when it comes to like, you know, military members, military members, because the vast majority of us, it's it's hardwired into us to like contribute to something. And if you can't contribute, like it's you, it's sad. It's really sad if if you cannot contribute when you're so used to doing that, especially for your country. And now you can't. And it's almost like it's like it's like a punishment to these people. Yeah. And I, I think. I think so. I, I don't. I don't know if I would want to bring someone in who would say like I don't want to stop. Like 
I'm I'm still here just to do drugs and party. But like, yeah, you could probably just find a different program. We're not yeah. we're not <laughs> we're not for that. I do want to get you back on your feet. I want you to be working. I want you to yes. be, and I want you to want those things. Yep. So we can like I still want to help people, but if you're gonna be like living in our compound space, which is gonna be more of like a tight community working towards the final goal of providing everybody with a long term home, um, then you kind of need to be moving towards that objective. Yeah. And as long as you say you're willing to, we'll start first with get in here. And if that takes a little bit longer for you to go to rehab and do some other things, that's fine. Um, but it does need to start with having a safe place to live. Yeah. Being safe. Like, yeah. Ahead. And I think you kind of mentioned it too, that the, um, if we had a few people and I'm, you know, going there and working on it and we have a specific site lead and I've got a couple of like, uh, you know, engineers or designers or uh, fabricators. And we'll get to why we would want those people here in a second. Because yeah. um, I haven't actually even said what the heck we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get there. <laughs> we'll get there. Be patient. But um, they, they become a, they become that community. They become that support system. And, you know, this group of us together um, with, like, work to do each day, I think will become what makes life fun and cool. And you don't necessarily need those other things, like you said yeah um so uh it all kind of came together for me as i looking looking at the next couple years and like you said being a person who feels like i always have to be contributing and giving and doing something and looking at like if i just stuck around and did an extra bit to try to later on make five and three years or four years or whatever um, and then what I would give back in the three years after that. So we're talking about like six more years in the wrinkle. Um, or if I started right now and then by next summer, we're up and running and I'm able to help homeless veterans. What's the impact, like the impact for community and for service and for life. And I couldn't, I couldn't in any way find that the balance would tip towards staying active duty for longer than, um, the three years that I kind of know that I wanted to do here to make the changes for training. And then the next step would be back, like back to the grind kind of work. Yeah. And where here I'm making, I feel like this idea is going to make a big difference. Um, so as soon as that all kind of got weighed out in my head and then, then I decided this is what I wanted to do. So, so what's the idea? The idea is that um, a lot of people, can find other options. So there are options to get into uh, the VA and get housing vouchers and get into an apartment. Um, and I'm looking at Southern California, specifically where I'm starting uh, for a couple of reasons. One, if you look at national statistics, um, you see fluctuations in numbers. Uh, point in time counts are, are, are really, really hard to pin down um, because, you know, one season you might be able to find more people in an area and then they move to somewhere else for a different season because of how hot it is or how cold it is or what work might be available. Um, yeah. So your point in time counts nationally are still really, really hard to get accurate. So um, did you have something? Sorry. No, I was going to talk about like the, the seasonal thing a little, little bit later, but okay. it, it comes in the program later. Yeah. yeah. And so I, but because if you look at national numbers and we say what I've seen most of the time is somewhere near 60 between, it's such a huge number of variance, anywhere between 60,000 and like 110,000 uh, homeless veterans across country right now. Um, 
but even even at the the upper end of it, 110,000. Well, there's 11,000 in California, which means even at the high end of the total national, 11,000, which it feels pretty pinned down because California does do a pretty good job hitting their point in time counts. But that's 10. percent That's still like 10 percent in one state. And I think so I feel, if we're gonna start somewhere. Honestly, start California. I feel like that's undercounted. I mean, because. <laughs> seriously Probably. like just driving around there's places where i can drive around right now like near me where there's like huge encampments yeah. well and and la alone in that study i told you about from 2019 to 2020 um they followed around 26 veterans that were homeless to to kind of keep track each month of when they were housed when they weren't um, when they were being brought into a program how long it took to get from initiating to actually being housed and all this other stuff and in that study, they talk about the fact that the point in time count at the time for Los Angeles only, not lot, not Los Angeles plus Orange, because that's two different VA offices. Yeah. Los Angeles only was nearly 5,000 homeless veterans. Oh, yeah. And and the VA outreach office has five people working that. It's just wow. It's just yeah. such a huge, you know, five per one thousand people. Yeah. It's so 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 I. I think that it's the right place to start and it'll it'll establish us it'll help us get up and going but the problem with the standard programs that i saw um, beyond probably providing more home than is necessary um, you put someone in even into a, like a one-bedroom apartment uh, it's going to be a full big bedroom um, with probably like a, a closet and its own big bathroom space and a whole kitchen and it's not necessarily required for someone who's just trying to not be on the street. Um, so maybe they can be smaller. So there are a lot of solutions looking at tiny homes um, and they reduce the cost and it gets them in somewhere that's safe. Tiny home communities, which are a big thing that's coming around uh, is a really good part of it too, because then you hit both. You hit the community piece where they now are a group. They're a group of people taking care of each other. There's a, most of the time, some kind of like an apartment building, shared resources, uh, laundry, uh, usually a, a large rest, like showers and uh, bathroom facilities because yeah. the tiny home usually has a small toilet, maybe not even a shower, yeah. but just kind of, you need the emergency toilet. So like it's middle of the night, I'm in bed. I just need to go to the bathroom. I don't want to have to go to the community toilet, um, but get up and take a shower. You could probably use community showers, Yeah, but that's still not right for everybody. either. But then the piece that's missing is if I don't have a reason to need to stay in Los Angeles, or San Diego, or Riverside, or, you know, these areas that the cost of living is so high, that a standard job that just, you know, maybe you want to do construction, or you want to just do welding, or you want to be an engine mechanic, a lot of those jobs, unless you are doing high end work, or have been doing it for 20 plus years, or whatever, you're not going to make enough to even pay the rent on that long term. So that's why you saw that cycle where they get into an apartment, they kind of get started, they get back on their feet, but they can't afford the apartment, they can't afford food, they can't afford insurance, they can't afford the other things in these high cost of living areas like Los Angeles and San Diego. Yeah. And then you end up back on the streets. Uh, so a piece that's missing from those programs is willingness to, to get out of here and travel somewhere and take your house with you. That's what I kind of wanted to solve. So so now here it is. I can tell you the timestamp early on or something, I don't know. <laughs> but the idea is to find someone who's willing to participate in this program and together with us, they will build themselves a tiny home inside a retired ambulance. And then that ambulance, um, over the time that they get their vouchers through the VA, 
uh, live with us plus do training. Um, I learned a new term the other day, uh, listening to the Road to Home podcast, which I talked about earlier. Something super awesome. You got you to listen to it. It's a great uh, podcast. It's a con- yeah. It's a concept called sweat equity. So um, I'll even count the hours they're going to, to counseling and to therapy, hours that they're going to uh, go spend in rehab, uh, hours that they spend working on their ambulance, hours that they spend in like financial management classes and how to do your taxes. Like, so things to make them get their head space out of just surviving on the streets to like, how do I get ahead and participate again? Uh, all that stuff counts as, as equity that they've put into their home. So long-term they get that sweat equity, the time they spent with us while we built it, um, counted towards their actual build. And then they'll be still getting their VA vouchers and paying, paying us for that. Um, and we're going to provide some services. The idea being, um, RV spots and some insurance coverage and some other things until they get to where they're going, yeah. get on their feet and then are, are, are more established. And once they've paid off that vehicle, it's theirs. They own it. Now they own that, like they would own any house and they own it and can travel with it. And I think another aspect of this, I thought of later, most of us who are veterans are people who at least on some level, maybe it wasn't the, the first chip you chose, you know, when you were at the recruiter station and you pick out why you think you remember those, yeah, little, like, little <laughs> I want to travel. I want to go to yeah. Okinawa first. Yeah, and some like a lot of people choose that, and that's yeah. the first. But even if it's not your first, the reason those nine are there is because all of those things are all a part of us. But we're picking out which is like the most important to us, and we have to explain yeah. why. But for all of us, some kind of adventure, travel, you know, getting out of this little bubble, and being homeless is like literally the opposite of that. It's I am stuck right here. I don't have yeah. the ability to go anywhere else. So to to provide the ability to potentially have that freedom back to to go to glacier national park on your way to that next job if you wanted to and park your ambulance with solar panels on it and the ability to power itself and you put water in it and pack up enough food and be gone for a week and you're fine you'd be able to totally survive on the road with nothing else for you know weeks and i think there's gonna be a lot of people that will vibe with that really really well and so that's the overall concept um poke holes ask questions yeah, I, honestly, um, this is back. I actually have the, the, the chat. I had to f- scroll up like a long way uh, on our chat, but to see like, when did we first start talking about this? And it was on uh, November 5th of 2021 is when Papa yeah. Bear first was like, he said, in regards to homeless homelessness situation, uh, what do you think are the top two issues that keep people from getting out of homelessness? And then... Yeah. We just had a quick conversation. We, we might actually print this out and like put it on like a wall somewhere, but we like should. we were on the same page. So I, I will say it was loaded. Um, I, I definitely already knew what my, what I wanted the top two <laughs> to be yeah. because it, it was what I thought was, you know, this program it's, it's that you need a house first with an yep. address yep, and then, and then you need to be able to get the hell out of whatever weird situation puts you where you are. Uh-huh. Yeah, so so for people that are, you know, if you've if you've never experienced homelessness, which I have not, I'm not technically I haven't. I, I I've gone times where I had no address, but I definitely have places to like to stay. Like I've I slept in a car for a while, but I wouldn't consider myself homeless because I was in the Marine Corps. I just didn't want to stay in the fucking barracks <laughs> anymore. So um I think people don't understand like how big of a deal an address is. Like just try try to apply for a job with no address 
Like they're yeah, you're never gonna get a job. So it's kind of funny. So like to this date, I still vote uh, in in Washington State, right? So I still where I'm a registered voter, and until I leave the Marine Corps and and then have to be a citizen of California, um, I still vote. And my registered voting address is um, like one of the guys who was able. To, I was able to stay at his house from time to time while I was homeless, mm-hmm. and. His mom is one of the people I count as mom. So I have like three moms because of this whole period where I spent a lot of time without a place to go. So I would kind of bounce between these caring people's homes or feeling like I was putting uh, too much burden on other people because it's just the kind of person I am. I'm like, I've, I've eaten your food and stayed in your house and, you know, only able to you know, wash the dishes or and do, I felt like I was being a burden. I know it's wrong, but that's where my head went, right? Um, but I still like when I had to apply for a job or or like register to vote. And when I joined the Marine Corps, like I put his address because I had to put an address and you get nowhere without an address. And it it's interesting. Like I honestly hadn't even made that connection until you just made that comment just now where my voting address was never my house. <laughs> Because I think like, like that was never my house. Yeah, because like when you asked me the question, I literally the first thing I said was lack of a home address. That was yeah. my first thing. <laughs> like, and yeah, it's just it's amazing like how much we like we take for granted like on just an actual address does for people. Uh, yeah, and it can't also, be a PO box. Yeah, no, no, because then like where does this person actually live? A PO box yeah. is cool if you have a business. <laughs> and even then, like I've I, like plenty of the things I've like starting this or starting rescue residence plenty of the the programs i've had to sign up for were like you can't use a p.o box so oh, i've had to put man. my personal physical address yeah all right well there you go <laughs> so yeah, even business stuff like if like i think i think the so the bank account wouldn't let me put a, a p.o box that makes sense yeah the um when i registered i think with a new paypal account again financial stuff and then I think when I signed up the Patreon, a couple other things were like, it probably usually tied to money some way. Yeah. When I'm thinking back to it. Most anything else was kind of like, whatever. It's fine. But I think about that, like if you're actually homeless, like just getting, just receiving money and putting it in a, into a quote unquote safe place. How are you going to do that with no address? Yeah. M- you know, much less getting an actual job to get you paid money. So one of the, one of the still unchecked check boxes on my, all, all kinds of shit I got to do list is uh, how can I register a location with lots of like addresses, right? So if, if I want to say, um, you know, we can maybe put, I'm going to be super ambitious for this number just so that I can overcalculate, right? Yeah. Uh, say we could help and build 12 of these things a year. So I, I on-site wanted anywhere between eight and 12 um, spaces for people to live in the temporary quarters while we build their actual ambulance, which is their permanent home. So we'd have to have enough to support those eight or 12. So that's 12. And then if I built 12 in a year, we're now at 24 addresses that I have to have registered to this physical apartments complex. Yeah. But then if I go two more years and three more years and five more years, now I need 48, 124. Like <laughs> at what point, at what point, like how do I register more apartments in this physical space. Um, I think I you think, know. I think you're thinking a little bit too hard about it. So when somebody moves, you can just move their physical, you can, they can just do a, there's a form that you can do for the uh, post office. 
eventually eventually so as they're they're traveling the country like if they're doing the adventure thing i see some of them doing for a little while on their way towards this new job um and if if it's stayed at an rv park and ride a bike until i i have a permanent place to park those rv parks aren't going to provide them with an address well i want them to still have a place to at least put on forms yeah i think that's part of the deal that we're gonna have to we're gonna have to work out is like if they're going to travel and want a physical address at where they're going is like work with the RV park and like, Hey, listen, like we need to have this person have a physical address, physical address while they're with you and how we're going to do that. We'll have to see, but I'm pretty sure there's ways to do that. And other things I'm learning too. So this has been a huge learning curve. Oh, you know what? We could use ship at APO. That's a really good one. You ever use that before? Uh Uh-uh. So as a as a contractor, when I was a, when I was a contractor in the, in the for the military, um, I used a thing called Ship It APO, and so basically I had an APO address. I obviously had I had an APO address because I was on deployed. Yeah, I was deployed, and so you can't ship a lot of stuff to APO addresses. So I had, I used this site called Ship It APO, and it would ship it to I would make my address to Ship It APO, and then would just forward it to me for a service fee. Yeah, so maybe we could like find a service like that, or maybe just actually that actual service partner with them, and like we'd have to just keep track on like where they're going. Yeah, so that could yeah. work. I, th- I think so. One of the I, I kind of joked uh, with somebody I can't think of it right after the very first uh, meeting that I attended. Um, so the mouthful that is just the name of this council is is enough, right? So <laughs> yeah. I just did a brief. Uh, while I was in Virginia for the East Valley Steering Committee for the San Bernardino County Interagency Council on Homelessness. Um, And as I'm attending this meeting as a military dude, I was like, these guys could give us a good run for our money on the acronyms that go on within the programs. Because like I sat in that meeting, like, don't know what that one is. Don't know what that one is. And I'm just like, Cause I'm that guy, I will write them all down and then I'll ask people afterwards, like, what did this mean? What was this? What was this? Or if I, if I can't find them. So they, they, it's, there's a huge steep learning curve for me right now, but luckily, um, Astrid from the meeting two weeks ago has, has wanted to like connect and help me and like pull me into the system. But she's saying that one of the things they have to do is, especially if it's temporary shelter, um, that's not like a plan for it to be a long-term lease, like that they, they are going to live in that apartment. Uh, 28 days. So if they're there, they can only be there 28 days and then they have to go away for a day and come back because otherwise then um, you get into this whole like eviction law stuff that starts happening. So it would be like, okay, you're here uh, 28 days and then you have to take the RV and go to a different spot for a day. Mm. And come back. We'll have to like, yeah. I don't like that. I gotta figure that out. <laughs> yeah. Because like if you're literally building your home, like you're, gonna, you're not going to build in 28 days. So we got to, we'll, we'll figure out a way around that. I'm I'm confident that we can do that. (laughs) Well, and it can be something as simple as, so she really wants to partner with us because she wants my help with some of the veteran stuff. Um, So it could be something as simple as leave our site, go to one of the arch sites that that's her program. Okay. And then come back to ours. That's like, Hey, you're going to do a night over at arch and then come back to us. Dude, it's legal. It sucks. Count it as a night, like staying over to friend's house and (laughs) come back and stay over here. Uh, You know, it's still your place. I'm not moving any of your stuff out. Like, yeah. When you first said that, I was thinking about like, so when I was a contractor, 
um, when I had to, uh, there's like this whole thing. Cause people think that you don't have to pay taxes when you're a contractor. That's hundred percent not true. You have to pay, t- you, you have to pay taxes. If you don't, then you're going to owe a lot of taxes, but you have to be outside of the United States for 300, 335 days to get the tax benefit to get like the, it's, it's semi expat stat, but expat status, but not really. Um, but if you're out of the country for 335 days, you can write off like at the, when I left, it was like $92,000 in taxes. But if you don't, you're going to owe all that. And it's just like, you get kind of screwed and people, people get stuck in like this weird loop. That seems like the, the same thing. Like it's a really arbitrary number to do like 28 days. And then you have to come. Like... So I think that the reasoning is it just, if they're there for a whole month, mm-hmm. then they are resident. They get to that, um, almost to the squatter status kind of thing where they, you can't evict them. And there's all these other legal things you kind of get yourself painted into a corner with. Um, so if anything else happens, you are now, we would now be at a disadvantage in court for trying to, if we're trying to deal with anything, hopefully we don't have to, but we yeah. still have to protect ourselves. Too. I guess it's protective. I mean, maybe we need to have some sort of like paperwork or something. We'll talk about it offline, but I mean, but, yeah. It just, and even if we had multiple sites, like if it was literally like the main site and then like the satellite site across the street, if they yeah. just move physical locations and come right back, then it's fine. Um, and, and it, you know, obviously like we said, we're going to be as transparent as possible, but like, I don't need to explain this whole process for why you might need to switch. Like, Hey, uh, we need to, you know, clean this one out, do a refurbish, move this thing, like go ahead and go for street. I wouldn't want to lie about it, but yeah, maybe I do those things as well. And that becomes a part of our normal program to just clean and do all the other things to keep it safe and sanitary. And it also facilitates this 28 day process thing. Yeah, that's true. I mean, like, like I said, I explained that, that process and I still adhere to it. So even though I was like very, I kind of poo pooed on it, but We'll we'll get around it because we'll, we'll, at yeah. the end of, at the end of the day, we're just trying to help people. So yeah. however we can do that, we'll, we'll do it. But what we can't do is help people if you know someone takes advantage of us and runs us into the ground, and then. Oh, are we, are we gonna go? Th- are we gonna go there? Is that is that the, is that the time we're gonna? Are we gonna go there right now? Where? <laughs> With uh, the ambulance. <laughs> oh, already our first one already. I mean, oh, we're already like fifty more minutes in, so. Talk about, were you talking about run us into the ground? They didn't run us into the ground, but I mean, take advantage of. They could have, like literally. I mean, I didn't have. We had we had nothing to start with. So, the very first post on our website, if you go look at it, uh, was was it the first one or did I write one beforehand? I feel like it was the very know. first one. It might have been the first one. <laughs> so I wrote. I titled it "Accidental Windfall." Yeah, because because I was like, uh, "Hey guys." I accidentally owe somebody $5,000. So we need to do some fundraising. And <laughs> I like out. how I worded that. I accidentally did something, but we owe them money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was. It's so, all, it's so all good. Was, there is a, like I said, I, I'm on this huge learning curve. So I'm constantly, I'm digging into all kinds of different aspects of this. And like every single day I come up with two more companies or three more companies that I need to contact to see if we can try to establish a relationship where they'll provide us with some kind of discounted part of this process. Yesterday, it was this freaking all natural wool insulation stuff that I saw on oh, uh, rich rebuilds. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, like, Richard you know rebuilds is wanna... great. That dude's great. Yeah. yeah. I was like, I don't want to do um, a bunch of fiberglass. Cause if we could keep it from being fiberglass insulation, that's one less thing I got to worry about masks and everything else we're all dealing with. And yeah. There's going to be enough problems with it, and we get their cuts, we get all the other problems. So I was like, let's do the wool thing. So, But, I mean, all I could remember was that was an option, that I could do wool insulation. Where the hell did I see that? 
Uh, so I'm like thinking through it. Remember those rich rebuilds. Got to go back to the episode. What's the name of that company? Yeah. Need to contact the company. So I'm doing stupid shit like this all the time. That's where my brain is all day long. Yeah. And so I was like, we're going to need to figure out how to get ambulances. And someone told me about gov deals. So I'm checking it out. I'm like, okay, so it's like an auction site. All right. This is easy enough. So all the auction sites are different. So I create an account. Like what's the information I need for the account? Do I need to create a different account for the organization? What happens if I bid on something? What's the information I get back? Uh, when does bidding actually usually start? It's all within like the last hour. Is it within the last 10 minutes? Is it within the last three days? Like I needed to know and all these things. So I'm trying to pull metrics and I was like, okay, so the final piece is what information do I get when I get outbid? What happens when, um, like, so so I'm looking at these. I'm tracking several for several days in the same categories as these other ones. And they all are going for around ten or $15,000. And uh, so I was like, I'll put a $5,000 bid in and I'll get outbid. And then I'll know, like, what happens when you get outbid. And I, and I didn't, I didn't really get outbid. <laughs> I <was> like, <laughs> holy crap. I ended, and I ended up and I ended up the end bidding again, even though, so I did finally get to the point where I got outbid at the five thousand dollars even. But I was like, if someone's if there's one other person and I'm at five thousand dollars like right now, we could end up with an ambulance for five thousand dollars. So I was like, I'll put fifty five hundred. If it goes over that, I'm not doing it. And I didn't get beat. So I was like, I got it for fifty one and some change or something. I was like, oh my God. For one, that's super cheap, but also like, oh my God, I also paid five thousand dollars. <laughs> So we scrambled, we figured out how to pay for it. They were cool about it uh, as far as, hey, look, we didn't really expect the need to do this right away. This is our program, this is what we're trying to do. So they were kind of cool on that piece. Hey, yeah, it's fine. Uh, just keep us posted as to what's going on. And everything after that was shit. So yeah, <laughs> uh, we finally, we paid for it. Um, we had someone who's there in Ohio. This thing was in Ohio. I got Williams lucky. County, Ohio. Shout out Brian. to Matt. Yeah. So he's a friend of mine. <laughs> Brian, Ohio, Williams County Sheriff's Department, just saying. Um, <laughs> and he shows up to get it, and they they burned out the starter. It wouldn't start. Uh, so then we had to get a tow company to tow it um, to a place that could hopefully fix the starter. I think, could you hear my stomach just now? That, was that you? I thought it was me. That was you. Okay. Maybe it was. Yeah, yeah. I think you, you're getting IBS know. right now from just talking about it. <laughs> I need to take it. I, need, I really wish I was having a drink right now. Yeah, I mean, I'm about to grab another one because this whole thing was just like, I, I'm just thankful that it was in Ohio, like near. If it was here, I would have been in a shop. What's up? If it was here, it would have been worse because I would have been in a shop, jacking some people up. But. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, the fact that it was, I mean, it was for, it's far from us, but also we we're lucky that I knew somebody that that's there. Yeah. So, yeah. But it's so that's like and this is where and this happened um with the the steel building i told you about the steel building the other day right yeah i explained that same same stuff with the numbers specific to that to cindy and she was like i just really didn't think there were companies out there that would do that kind of stuff i was like there are because there are tons of them it's literally let me tell you a secret everybody okay so when people donate money they get a tax write-off so if you're a corporation and you donate something you get a tax write-off it's way better on your taxes so yeah, yeah. So it, it's it's altruistic but it's also self-benefiting yes so those are the best <laughs> things because if it can benefit me too and i can help other people people will do it right so i mean and i'm not any better to be completely honest um my expectation mm -hmm. is to have a salary while i'm running this entire nonprofit organization 
that will keep me exactly where I am right now. Right. That's yeah. the only goal I have. I don't want a crap ton of money, but I also can't like lose my house and let my family end up on the streets. Um, yeah. Well, I'll, so I'll put in that real quick. Keep thinking your same thoughts. So like one of the first things that we were talking about, as we were talking about, you know, starting a nonprofit is that I wanted to make sure that the nonprofit was equitable to like all the employees. Like none of us are trying to get rich off of this. No. Like I, I am fine with my, my current salary. If you can replace my current salary, that'd be great. Like I could stop working at this current job that I'm at, which actually isn't that bad, but I would much rather do this going forward. Cause it'd be more, more fulfilling to me, to be honest with you. Yeah. But we're not going to be the kind of nonprofit company to where we are getting paid millions of dollars and we have minimum wage workers working for us, no. like building these things. That is not in the cards. So like rules for nonprofits is that we can't make a profit. That's right there in the name, right? So if we end up at some point where we've gotten enough that that would t potentially happen, um, what we both talked about, and I think everybody in the board agreed on our last board meeting was that like that would automatically equal to pay raises for everybody who's working it, right? Yes. And, and, so, and or potentially would then mean it needs expansion and the ability to produce more ambulances, right? So like it needs to always be either going towards supporting the people who are making the organization function or go towards being able to help more people. It is at no point gonna be like inflating us. Will we take pay raises equal to those others? Sure, like, but everyone should be getting a pay raise, yes. not, just, not just us. Yeah, I, I, I just wanna if be- if we're all busting our ass, then we should get you know recognized for it. Yeah, and we're gonna be, well, so far we have been transparent about this obviously we have no employees but as we do we're still going to be transparent about like where the money's going because yeah. i've seen a whole bunch of like nonprofit organizations to where like the ceo or president or whatever is getting paid millions of dollars and other people are getting paid like basically nothing and it's just like that's not what we're trying to do here so yeah. and it's and it's not it's i just want things to be fair and i find it incredibly disingenuous if you're trying to be a nonprofit and your workers are getting paid less than a living wage. Like, yeah. I'm just, I'm not for that. And it, and that's going to honestly be somewhat difficult in Southern California, but yeah, it we'll is. be able to make it work. We'll be able yeah. to make it work. I, I think we can, and I'm willing to, obviously, I mean, we all have, I mean, I have a job, the other, I guess there's one other board member on the, that has an, a, a normal corporate life job. Yeah. You guys are, the other two are still in the Marine Corps. You're going to get out eventually. Um, but I'm in no hurry to like pull down a salary from this. Like I'm just willing, yeah. I'm willing to help for now and, you know, keep it going for, for as long as possible. And eventually, like, yeah, if I could drop my, my current job, that'd be great. But yeah, I'd much my... rather have like th that revenue go towards other people that are, that need the money, you know? Yeah. It, my, my only concern with the salary topic as we're on it is that I am hoping that we're in a position by the time summer 2023 comes around and I move from active duty to retired and I'm only getting my pension that I can take the salary to keep my pay pretty much right where it is yeah. because I don't want to try to go take another job. I want to be able to focus my entire effort and energy into this. Uh, I think it deserves it and I don't think I can make it what I want it to be without that like it has to be my full day every day kind of thing well and, and um, you know so. to this point you put in obviously the, the vast majority of the effort into this so yeah yeah 
I mean, <laughs> so you, you definitely you deserve it. Yeah. yeah. I, I spend most of any moment I'm not spending time hanging out with the family and doing my work and honestly um, have stepped back from some functions and roles and things that I would normally uh, take it on in order to be able to spend some more time thinking about this because um, I I was very much and always have been kind of a an overdoer. Um, I'll, I see stuff that has nothing to do with my actual role or responsibility within my organization and be like, that needs to get done. Who's working on it? Nobody. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm just going to make sure it gets done. And I am trying to do better about not taking all of those on myself or at least identifying them, figuring out what the work is that needs to get done and then going, Hey, Gunny. Uh, delegate. Go. Yeah. Delegate. <laughs> Which I need to get better at with us here. Yeah. Um, so that was one recent thing I did do, which was um, I asked Shy, just so you're tracking, and now he's going to see it on video, uh, to look into getting us. So I want Rescue Residents to be one of the SkillsBridge uh, organizations. So we'd be approved for hiring our heroes or SkillsBridge or whatever. So as active duty uh, veterans are transitioning into um, civilian life, we can bring them on as an intern. They can uh, learn what it's like to work in our nonprofit organization if they wanted to start one of their own or stay on with us. Yeah. Um, and there's obviously really good stuff to that. They're going to get straight in and we'd have more veterans. Like I could see uh, hiring a veteran through SkillsBridge that wants to get into social work stuff, get them through their certification stuff. They work with us for a while and then they could, excuse me, move on to another program. It is also self-interested, like we said, um, being fully transparent. So my goal would be that uh, the last at least four to six months or whatever of my active duty time, I could get approved to join rescue residents through SkillsBridge and be able to be focused on this even for the last couple of months while I'm actually still getting paid active duty pay. Totally legit. People are doing it with Microsoft and doing it with all these other things that aren't helping people. Why wouldn't I be able to do that for a nonprofit? So. Yeah, no, I'm definitely going to use, as soon as our... As soon as a certain status gets approved, I'm definitely going to push. I work for a very large IT organization, so mm -hmm. and they have you know uh, a donation element to them, and I'm going to push for them to help us, especially with like computers and just like grants and stuff like that, because they 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 have grants that they can yeah. you know push out. So as soon as we get stuff approved, um, I'm going to push. And it's got to be, and it's got to be any day now. Um, so I've also had, so I have a friend that's at Microsoft that has said the same thing and Cisco now too. So that where <laughs> they'll add, they'll make sure that our, we get added to their matching programs and then they'll start talking through the people who work there to get, get that all set up. And I, I do think that we'll, we'll end up at a point where between the grants, cause Astrid today made it seem like super easy. <laughs> I was like, I'm really nervous about this because this is the first first ones that have come up that we are in a timeline that I need to worry about. So I'm looking at HAP2 and uh, Project Roomkey. Yeah. I'm like, I really want to apply for either one of these, but I have no idea what I'm doing with submitting this application. Neither of us have ever done it, yeah. me and you, because we did talk about maybe you take this role. Um, but I have, I have no idea how to do this. So do you have like a template, an example? Um, so we're going to try to, I'm going to go by her place, uh, her office, which I have an ulterior motive to that too. Usually everything I do has kind of two motives, but anyways. Um, and she's going to try to 
walk me through what she needs from me because she does need help with getting veterans who are homeless in the area that end up falling into her program processed into VA programs and helped with it. And she doesn't have enough experience with it. And I yeah. said, look, that's going to be what I'm going to live and breathe and do. So might as well let me learn that curve while helping you out. Yeah. Um, especially since she's going to help us. And she's like, I'll, I will basically do your applications for you. We'll just sit down and make sure that they work. So those will end up going in. That'll get us some startup funding. Um, but her office space is a retired firehouse. Oh, that's huge, nice. <laughs> with two huge, two huge roll up doors, like front and back side, So it can come in out. I was like, shut up Ghostbusters. There we go. Tell me, <laughs> tell me that you have, I mean, it's a desert one, so it doesn't look like that. It's not cool. Brick oh, or anything, yeah. but, um, like, tell me, tell me that you have some space on that end of that building, please. And when we get this first ambulance, at least I can be like, can I just park this here? <laughs> can we work on this here for a little while? So she also, uh, I, I need to ask her when, but I think it's since our meeting and talking about doing RVs and them being in ambulances and the tiny home piece of this puzzle. She's trying to, she, she has like eight properties within the organization arch that supports this region with um, both short-term and long-term housing, right? But she doesn't have enough emergency response housing. So like, hey, someone tonight needs to be in a place. Yeah. Um, so they're like, we're going to start trying to expand that capacity. So they bought like an old RV and they're going to refurbish it and have that be emergency housing. And I was like, did you get that? Did you get that idea for me? <laughs> but um, her issue, and this was what she kind of addressed in the meeting was there's nowhere to park it. That's good, safe areas around here. Yeah. And I told her, I was like, that seems like such a cheap, easy solution. Like if we had, it's literally just concrete spots with power and water and waste you know like uh, well, it's a standard rv park but we would dedicate it to support you know? well and especially like what we would learn from like decent organizations of like donating you know labor and maybe not materials but at least labor in some places even materials yeah. like it's actually not that it, it keeps the cost like way down yeah you know like i was i was very surprised uh, to to read i mean the other day you were telling tell me about there was a, a company about the the steel shed. Yeah. And it was like it's basically at cost. And I'm just like, that's the way things should be because they get yeah. they get the tax benefit from yep. donating stuff like that. And I think that most organizations would be willing to do that just to like offset taxes. Yeah, they contacted me again today because I asked them because I just I literally went to their website, like saved the picture and added it to the front page of our website. Like these are this is a company that's helping us. I told you about the tip jar mindset, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way I'm looking at it. So, um, but I asked, I was like, do you have the actual, you said something about sending us media package so I'd have better quality images. And he's like, yeah, we're not going to do that until you actually pay for the thing. So we appreciate you putting it on your website. All right. But we're going to stop the advertising there until you actually buy the thing. So when do you guys think you'll have the $39,000 or whatever? Which again, like I said, so a 60, 65, thousand dollars was the estimate for the building design that i asked them to design this includes the blueprints we'll need to turn into the city to be able to then get the approval for build permits and everything else right it includes the instructions on how to set the building up how you have to pour the concrete everything so it tells you everything start to finish all that stuff included um at cost basically so thirty nine thousand out of the 65 yeah well this is what like when we're that's talking crazy. you know for a while that's why i keep hitting the same like thing of like 
we need the the five hundred one c three thing done, and then yeah. like we have investors lined up, but we yes. need to have this like official. Yeah. You know, and that's it, when I, it's got to be soon. But yeah, so there's so much we can do without it, um, and like having these conversations with people and getting the kind of greasing the skids a little is what I call it. Um, not a totally unique term, but I'm just saying. I think that's a Marine Corps thing. <laughs> um, it, that can all start now. And obviously some of this other stuff like designing. And I, I want to put out a challenge here um, and I'm going to post it on the Instagram page. I had an idea for another t-shirt design. So the one image I have that's like the desert kind of look, mm-hmm. 1980s style, right? Um, I would love to see one that was more uh, green and forest like mountainy like like uh, imagine the redwoods like if you're up in the redwoods uh that being the overall backdrop with something still rescue residents maybe 90s style text or uh, even it could be you know something modern but we're just gonna I go through the, we're gonna go through the decades <laughs> yeah it could be i just want a forested one i think there needs to be one that's forest like too so yeah if someone out there wants to design that send that to us i have well i know a designer who, who did like you know, the logo for like two of my podcasts. Yeah. So I, I could talk to her about it, about, you know, donating some, uh, some graphics. And this is, you know, along the same lines, the, the word you used is key. I talked with another graphic designer that I, I know too. He was like, you know, I do this pretty regularly. I was like, yeah, you're welcome to design something and donate it to us. Yeah. <laughs> because what you should do then is tell me what that should cost normally. And I will write you a receipt for your donation for that cost. And you count that off on your taxes for your business or for your personal, if that's like a, if it's, if you're a sole proprietorship or whatever, but um, it, nothing is free, right? That's, that's, it frustrates me when I see that stuff. Someone, I can't remember what I was looking at, that article stuff about, oh, people are getting this for free. I was like, yeah, yeah, who's paying for free. it? Yeah. Who, who's paying for it? They might get it for free, but someone's paying for it. And what's the plan for that? Oh, that's how that works. Okay, cool. And that, that makes sense. As long as the program makes sense, I'm good with it. And that's, to me, this all makes sense, right? They're providing a good so that we can help people who need it. They should be recognized for that action. If they took time, they put hours into designing that English ability to be compensated for it. So. Yeah. So um, I guess kind of going forward a little bit is that we're going to pick up the ambulance hopefully – next month maybe hopefully next month so yeah. i'm i'm gonna go i'm going through a move i'm moving closer to papa bear um hopefully next month maybe the month after that um i still have to go through some stuff but um we have to go out to ohio and pick up the ambulance meet up with matt get some good food matt good food please and uh drive back with an ambulance that can only go 55 miles per hour probably yeah. Can we yeah. can, can we like look into some software that can like jailbreak the goddamn governor? I'm just saying, 55 miles per hour is like very slow. <laughs> some some of that is is ca- capacity of a, a heavy duty engine like that too. It's just yeah. not made to go faster than that. Is it? It's like um, a it's a six liter six plus. What is it? I it's like a six point three yeah. liter V8 diesel. diesel it's, yeah. it's a huge engine, but it's also GBW like yeah. like twenty three thousand or something crazy. It's it's a heavy truck. Damn um, it. and we're just going to make it heavier through this whole process too just saying we can um, just i mean more psi for the turbo i'm just saying blow up the motor <laughs> I, I don't know if i don't know if these ones do so this one being having been a police command vehicle most of the time and they didn't mention this on their thing but they clearly had no idea what they're doing when posting this 
uh, they usually end up with twin turboed diesel engined vehicles for the command post ones for police departments because they want to actually be able to get there quickly. Yes. I mean, any turbocharged vehicle, you can get significant gains in horsepower very easily. I'm just saying. Just takes a no, vacuum so line maybe cut. This one, <laughs> so maybe this one will take us to 60. Yeah, 60. <laughs> um, well, one thing I will one. say is uh, I want to get that um, monitoring display because I am concerned about the engine. I yeah. want to be tracking it before it blows up. At least we could stop and like try to get help. And then one other task we have to do before we put that thing on the road. Get all of the Williams County Sheriff's Department crap off of it. Or just I am not driving it across country with it on there. Yeah, well, yeah, that's it. Long term, I'm, I'm definitely want it scraped because I want that to be a smooth surface for us to apply other decals to. Yeah, I'd be okay if we didn't take time to do it, but I wouldn't mind taking a day and scraping that stuff off. I just still can't believe the way that they did us dirty like that. Yeah, all the tires. So we didn't even get to it. Yeah. All the tires were worn down past the safety bars. They were flat on multiple sides usually, which is kind of strange seeing as how it's supposed to have just been sitting still. But anyways, how you have multiple flat spots. They, but, they moved uh, it once and then twice. Yeah. Two times a month. The, yeah. In the four years that it was there or whatever. And then brakes were worn through to the calipers. Calipers were shot. The So the, all the brake systems had to get replaced. Um, and so we had to pay for all that. That was So we paid uh, not quite 10000 yet. So uh, it was six. It was almost six. So five, seven, I think, for purchase once we're out the door with then it was, the then it was fees three, and everything else. Then it was three grand for yeah, the repairs. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So we're sitting just under nine. So. And that's not even like getting into the fact that they tried to like blame it on my guy that tried to pick it up. They tried to say that he brought out the starter. I'm like, hmm. When he, when he never even did it. And yeah. has two ambulances on his property. Yeah. And it's a, a person that I, I know and trust because he's a cancer. So first of all, he's a cancer survivor. And I literally flew out to go see him in person. He's a fellow podcaster, and I knew that he had cancer and he's like recovering. So I flew out to Ohio and surprised him. There's actually a video on it. He's a really good dude. He was actually on, if you go back and watch, uh, I think it was the Great Food Truck Race. I can't remember what season he was on, but he came in third place. Oh, wow. Yeah, really great dude. Um, and they tried to say that he brought out the starter. I'm like, no. But like, just not. He wouldn't. First of all, it's like it's nearly impossible for somebody to like start it like once, unless you literally had him start it for like thirty minutes, like straight. He didn't bring out your starter. Like, please stop it. Yeah. So, yeah, my guess is it just never started. Yeah, it's. But just be honest. I mean, if they've been honest with us, then we wouldn't have been talking trash. I mean, just tell us. I would have expected to have to get the starter. Yeah. Plan the tow to begin with. I just. Actually, I probably would have not bid on that one because it didn't start already. Yeah, maybe that's why pe- people knew. People that were like professionals, unlike us bidding on ambulances. They, yeah. they knew something was, wasn't right. So that's – I am – like one of the steps I keep hesitating to take is contacting San Bernardino Fire and like establishing that relationship to get them to start doing to us until I have the 51C3. Till that's like – till that's done, I, that particular step, I feel like – interacting with government agencies on that level like saying give me stuff because I, I my one concern would be they're like oh cool we're retiring one next week but uh, i i'm not ready yet yeah <laughs> you just asked so i you just asked them. i told you we already have an in like you don't even go to like obviously i mean do san bernardino but yeah my brother he's a fire captain in san Diego county 
and he used to work for office. logistics. So we have like the inn to get like their stuff, um, yeah. but we need the the status. So yeah. Um. So I guess final note because I think we do want to keep this one short. Yeah. Um, future expansion. So we could do another California site. My first thought is Bay Area because that's the next like serious concentration of homelessness. Yes. Um, that helps reduce the veteran population dealing with homelessness. I'll have figured out the systems. We'll have figured out the systems. We'll have hired people. We need to find a social worker. We need to find a tax guy. Um, I need to straight up hire a lawyer. We need to get our insurance sorted out. I mean, there's a whole bunch of stuff we gotta do. Yeah. But um, next expansion, I think, so I had a person really talk to me about it. And um, one, it makes business sense. And two, there's a need uh, is Texas, right? So uh, a lot of veterans end up in Texas. Yeah. And there's a significant amount of homelessness there too. I don't think they're number two on the list. I'll have to check. I'm pretty sure it's Florida, uh, which wouldn't be a bad expansion either. Um, but the Austin area, I know um, I have people who are in the sheriff's department there and would have contacts with EMS. And if we started getting set up, we'd already have that part of it handled there too. Good. So that could potentially be a good third site. Um, I also have friends in Pacific Northwest that would want to. So I mean, I think that we'll grow if we do this right. And we're doing what we say we're going to do, which is really focus on um, helping people. Right. So we talk about the mission being to identify and then support these homeless veterans going from where they currently are to a, a future that uh, includes mobility and, uh, and an address right away and the ability to look towards a job. I didn't even mention Home Depot's road to pro program. So yeah. I want to integrate with them to like train them with a skill that they maybe want to get. Um, and also seasonal, but, seasonal programs like uh, like Amazon, they have oh yeah uh, seasonal work for for people. Like basically, there's like a there's a whole like group of people that travel to like do seasonal work for Amazon and then work on farms on the off season and the rest of the season they're just like doing whatever in their RVs. So there's like a whole thing traveling. Yeah. yeah, and it seems like the people who would be interested in this program would probably enjoy that lifestyle. Yeah, yeah. I mean. If you don't want to be, you know, I, I it's almost like it. It's a weird sort of freedom, of yeah. like, yes, you have to work, but also you can just work on when you want to work, and then like the rest of your time is like your free time. As long as you make enough to like, you know, fulfill your needs, then you're good. The Maslow hierarchy: just get the the basic ones done. You know, you're good. And then <laughs> and then you're working on yourself, right? But yeah. yeah. Um. So that was about it, I guess. Uh, there's, I'd say that's about it. That is absolutely nowhere it. Uh, there's just so much to this, but we wanted to at least introduce the concept and get this idea out there. Um, we do want to produce like a full-on, really good, concise uh, video that's you know maybe ten minutes long. What do you think ten? Yeah, ten, and then like heavily produced, probably. <laughs> yeah, and like. I started writing the screenplay for it. That's how detailed I was this trying guy. to get. He's all, he's all Hollywood. So he's in California now. He just, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I've always been interested in video production since I was about 14 years old. Nice. Uh, I was writing. This is how bad it was. So they teach, they taught us in this one class I took on um, video and film production or whatever, how to write scripts. And then we were, we were just shooting skateboard videos. Like these were high eight tapes, right? So we're taking high eight cameras out. Yeah. And like recording dudes skateboarding and turning those into cool skate videos afterwards. But like, I couldn't let just going out and shooting be enough. Now I had to like have plans for this trick and at this location and these shots and, you know, 
I was writing screenplays for skateboard videos. I mean, isn't that how Jackass started? Yeah. So they all started skateboarding. They're doing okay. It, that was literally the same. Some of them. Yeah. Same era. Frame as I was. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, that's so we will have some kind of a real concise trailer out because I have some people who are friends with us. I think you do too on yeah. YouTube and they're ready to, to like pump our stuff up. But they agree. And I kind of feel that I want the right video like i want i want them to be saying hey go check out this video there's a link in the description and it be to that concise 10 minute like really well produced um explanation of what we're doing yeah One i think it probably like, includes that first conversion right if yeah includes the, this, so yeah the, the first conversion is going to be it's going to be great because it's going to be a learning experience for for all of us so we it, even even like we we're talking like today or even i think probably yesterday about like what else can we do about these conversions? And those are like, we'll keep it a secret for now, but we have, there's other ideas that we have past, you know, veterans, homelessness, because our goal is to literally end it. Right. But then it's like, what do you do after that? we got plans. So it's not just, it's not just that we, we want to get even all just, them taken care of, but then we have more. Yeah. Even just the quick expansion, which I think will happen before we get able to end all veteran homelessness, which would be expanding to help just all homeless people. Like, so yes. this is a good program that will work for others. Um, and I don't have to limit us to it. It's just that it's a community we connect with right away and we'll be able to walk into and tell people we're here to help you because we know what you're going through. We've been there. We've done a lot of what you've done. Yeah. And that was one of the things Astrid really wants is she grew up in a military house, but that doesn't put her into our sphere. Yeah. To to be able to have a veteran walk up to someone who's currently homeless and be like, hey, how what can we do to help you? Um, you know, I, I know what you're going through and we're here to help kind of thing. Uh and we're not we're not the government and we're here to help kind of thing. It's like you especially, like I, I keep <sighs> my partner, she keeps saying like your your situation when you were younger, like you should like highlight it more in the beginning. So And you yeah. know, I mean <sighs> It'll probably make sense. That's her I, as as a civilian. So I know, yeah. I, and and you're not wrong. And it, but it, like the humble part of me is like that's not why I'm doing it, but it's probably also a big part of why I'm doing it. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. It's like it's so subconscious that I'm like that's not what I'm trying to do, but it is. Yeah. Well, all right. I guess we'll uh, we'll leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, we still after two seasons have no idea how to end these things. No, do we, I think we need like it's almost like we need a like a Porky Pig to come on and like that's all folks. Yeah, buddy, buddy. yeah. yeah. <laughs> or or get the wrap get the wrap it up box out. Like, wrap it up, baby. Yeah, <laughs> that's one of my favorite. Oh man, now that you said Dave Chappelle, I was thinking of just like the whole like Will Smith Chris Rock thing, but that's a whole different podcast. <laughs> yeah, oh my goodness! Go check out check out his check out his podcast from yesterday. It was oh good. man, it was terrible. So this is how widespread that got, and I didn't even know either. Um, I knew about it right away because I saw something pop up on Twitter. Actually, I think it was your tweet. Like, oh, it was a funny tweet. <laughs> and then uh, uh, I went and looked and was like, okay, cool. But then today my mom, <laughs> my mom was like, so I was watching the Oscars and Will Smith punched Chris Rock. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I was like, no, no, he slapped the shit out of him. But she's like, oh, I was watching on my phone. So it looked like he punched him. And I was like, yeah. She's like, you still, you watch the Oscars? I didn't think anybody watched the Oscars. I was like, no, I do not watch the Oscars. Yeah. But I saw it blow up on Twitter and on Instagram. So I went over to see what it was. 
And she was like, oh, I still watch it because there's usually so much drama. <laughs> well, now there's definitely like, more drama. There definitely was. Yeah. So. That was crazy. It's interesting. I, yeah. I think I kind of, I was in the chat yesterday. and So check out the podcast, his his actual podcast for, for serious in-depth discussion on the, the whole events that took place. I just bumped the camera, sorry. That one was more but, serious. Um, yeah. Usually they're not serious, but yeah. But like, well, I just meant a serious discussion on this particular topic. Yeah, yeah. we're both we're both just hitting it real real surface surface level. But I, I think at one point I made the comment like Chris Rock's apology is not pressing charges. That's as much as he needs to do. <laughs> yeah, and there's like a I didn't know that there's like a huge divide within like the black community on this, and I'm just like, man, like my sister is definitely on the opposite side of me, and I'm just like, yeah. Nah, like I'm, I'm definitely on like a certain side, and it's just like you can't, you shouldn't do something like that for like a joke. And I went to, I actually got my first haircut in two years today, and we had barbershop talks about the Chris Rock situation, and it's just like, yeah, like you shouldn't, uh, if it's somebody's making a joke, like it's not okay to like to do that. And I was actually privy to like, there's like times when like your significant other to like stop you from doing stuff like that and that didn't yeah. happen you know like there's there's times where you yeah, might get really get angry and somebody like you can see the clue the the, the cues on the person say like, hey you know i need to just like calm down it's gonna be okay but that didn't happen so story as i heard it was it was definitely the opposite definitely opposite because she was laughing when he yeah did the thing so yeah that's not good I, so i i looked at it as from a certain point of view, which I think is part of what's probably making this such a divisive topic is that even if that was a problem and you felt like the joke was inappropriate and she felt like the joke was inappropriate, that's a conversation you have off stage. Yeah. In the, you know, in the back room, because that's like, it's for Marines, right? That's you see the corporal or the sergeant doing something fucked up with his Marines. He's, he's doing something, you know, is wrong. And you're like, as long as no one's going to get hurt. Like, yeah. Okay. I'm, you're, when you're done, come here. And away from your Marines, who I'm not going to mess up your ability to still influence and, you know, have control over what you, is going on in your shop. I'm going to set you straight. I'm going to fix you because that's wrong what you did. It allows you to maintain what you've established and you've worked to, to, to make real, uh, but still helps you be guided better. That's how people guide each other. That's how yeah. a mentor would deal with that situation. It's how someone with experience would deal with it. And he went off and and went passion side, and you lose all credibility. It's 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 tough. Yeah, that's that's a really good like breakdown from like the military side of like. Yeah. That, I mean that's and <laughs> military people are like they're we're by nature we're violent people, okay. But if somebody from the military is telling you like, hey, we can take a step back and like deal with this in a different way, like you should like take note. And kind Will Smith is he's. He's never been that guy. And it's just like the friend to do that. I'm just like, man, I don't, I don't, I don't get it, man. No, it sounded like there's a whole lot of other stuff going on. And so that he lost control and yeah. there's probably lots of good reasons for it inside um, why he lost control, but it's not still doesn't explain or justify what happens. Yeah, no, it doesn't. That's my take. So anyway, yeah, we kind of went off. Sorry. I hijacked part of this stuff. We can end it. We can end it before that. that if we needed to, but I think everybody would be fine with it. <laughs> yeah, our podcast is like this. This is this is what you come here for. Is actually this is the like, least amount of like tangents in all of our yeah. podcasts because usually it's just like I heard there was aliens on Mars. No, I'm just kidding. It's never like that. 
but we definitely went on some crazy tangents on on podcasts yeah. before. It, it always had a, a lead in, and then is tied in somehow. But that's why that's how we can be talking about uh, insurrection, and then still end up talking about homelessness somehow in every single episode. Yeah. Oh, there, there's times where we literally we talked about books for like thirty or forty five minutes, and yeah. then we had the subject. <laughs> So. Our openings can get a little long sometimes. So if you go back, if you're interested in this and you're coming here because of Rescue Residents, uh, the rest of the episodes are much longer. Uh, usually it's anywhere from two to three hours. Yeah. And we do have guests and we definitely hit tangents. Um, we kind of stayed focused on this one. We do both have a timeline tonight a little bit. Yeah. And, and we're hitting uh, it. So, yeah. <laughs> not too bad. Just around a little, little beyond an hour. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, appreciate, man. Appreciate it. It was good to talk to you in virtual space again it's been a this while was, i mean this was the only thing we had <laughs> for yeah. a long time yeah uh, we did get to meet we did get to meet uh which was cool we did yeah you were here in the in the bay so yeah that, that yeah. was great to see you in person your whole family we, so we still have uh so the next day yeah so it was after our stay there i think uh we had some issues with the rv and we didn't make it to the show like we we're supposed to go to a show in Ashland the next day. Hmm. Um, so we ended up missing the thing and they gave us tickets. So we still have like, we have a, a show. We can go see whatever show we want in Ashland. But we Where have to go Ash- this season. So Where's Ashland? South Oregon. So it's like the very oh. southern part of Oregon. Okay. I gotcha. I gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. So we were supposed to leave that campground like early and make sure to book it there, catch a like three o'clock show or whatever. And uh, <laughs> issues with the tires. Uh, Logan was getting sick, so we went and got COVID tests, and like, so that whole that whole day ended up like we got to our next campground. Oh my god, that campground was beautiful too, but like we didn't get to go see the show. So, um, so then we we talked to them and they gave us tickets to go see in town. So that means we still got to go to Ashland. So, but you're gonna be moving down here. So I I don't know. But I can definitely you know I can move around a little bit. So yeah. So look forward to videos um, on Rescue Residents, and probably I'll drop, we'll both drop probably little clips of stuff on our other channels to try to get people to come look at them um, when we move this ambulance, because that's going to be something. Yes, and Papa Bear, every week he's doing at least a vlog or a blog um, every week on what's going on with Rescue Residents, and it's, you know, it's, we're, we're trying to like be as transparent as possible, and it comes down to like exactly where the money's going, so... Honestly, yeah. like I'm sharing a little too much most of the time. I'm like, I did this exact email thing this day, and sometimes it gets a little boring. I'm <laughs> realizing it, but like I'm trying to just keep track of what I'm what I have going on. This is the book of like all of the daily stuff that's going on. Wow, but I, I'd rather have that than like having you know a CEO yeah. like pocketing a bunch of money. So that's nah, not happening. Yeah, I will say the last two weeks because of I had a learning symposium in Quantico that took ate my lunch, and but was also amazing. And then I went to a wedding the week after that. So there was only like, there was quite a, a bit of gap. I didn't get a whole lot done. And I look back and I'm like, oh, I did this and I did that. But it was still definitely not my focus those days. I, I had to shift gears. Yeah, I think this is going to hopefully take over all our lives eventually. It's already taken over most of your life. And I'm looking forward to like taking over more of my life to like, yeah. you know, shifting over to that. But I got a lot of shit I got to take care of, especially moving. Yeah. Been t- I'm hoping by the end of summer, like I have property identified. We've got that steel. We're ready to like lay concrete and put up a building and start making stuff. You know? so. Yeah. I think by the end of summer, hundred percent, I'll be 
I'll have way more free time on my hand. <laughs> and hopefully by then we've got at least one orange ambulance. Yes. Oh, we'll, we'll 100% because we already have an, an ambulance. We just got to make it orange. Boom. Easy. Yeah. That's an easy win. <laughs> Done. I thought about thinking, making that a hard requirement before driving it back. Because think about if we went and got it decaled and everything while we're in Ohio and then drove it all those miles on the highway. Everybody's scanning the QR code that's on the side of the truck. Oh, dude, just bring you. You already have uh, stickers in the background. Just grab them. Just put them all over it. Yeah. Works. We're good. Just temporary, temporary solution. Yeah. I think this one back here on the table is a sticker. I can probably order two more of those and stick them on it. That should, I think that, that should be sufficient. Solution. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Y'all have a great night yep. or day or whatever time you see this. We'll talk to you later. Later.